Thank you, Lord. It matters that the church gathers together. Say it. It matters that the church gathers together. Jesus said, there I am in the midst. We're going to continue to gather. I just want you to know where your leader stands about this. We're going to continue to gather. Whatever sanctions we need to uh, observe, we will do that. But I just want you to know we are not going to disassemble on extended periods of time. We're going to continue to gather. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want to prepare you for the word of the Lord this morning. I want to do something just a one tad different in honor of what you're going to receive and honor the person that God's going to use to bring that word. Stand on your feet and give a hand to Pastor Tiffany Johnson as she comes to deliver the word. Correction, correction, correction. Tiffany Brown. I won't apologize to my husband. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good stuff. Uh, something that I want to be a part of uh, my culture, my personal culture. Uh, so before we get started, I just want to say I love Jesus. He is the king of my heart. He is the Lord of my soul. He is the only one I worship. He is the one to, in whom I hide. Everything that I am and will be will give him glory. When they write the story about my life, it will be filled with stories about Jesus Christ. Because of my love for him, my honor of him, my need to obey him. He is Lord of Lord. He is King of all kings. There is no, no one like him, no other God that stands beside him. He is, he is Jesus Christ, the living God. If you love him, you can clap your hands and uh, love on Jesus just a little bit. I think we, we must uh, create a culture of worship. If it really is a lifestyle, then it ought to exude out of us. That good? Um, I believe that this coming encounter, I'm sorry, please forgive me, not an encounter, detox weekend is very vital for the future of our church in 22. Uh, so I, as you stand, I want to encourage you so it's not too late for you to jump on the bandwagon. It's not too late. And we want to make sure that we have the provisions that we are needed, that are needed to take care of you. So uh, do your best to be where our pastors have said that we should be. That good? Next thing, while you're staying, last thing I'd like to do that I, I want to honor uh, my, my, happens to be my parents, uh, the bishop, and, um, and uh, Carolyn Johnson, they are not just uh, the sires of my DNA, but they are the, the, the pastors of my soul. They are the, the um, shoulders on which I stand. And I will have the awesome and the heavy privilege to take their name and their greatness to places that they won't even go. 
and it is my honor to serve you this morning to give the, the word of the Lord. I appreciate you. Have a seat. You can clap. That's good. Um, so much to do this morning, uh, but I wanted to, uh, uh, I'm going to read something first, Ken, and then I'm going to show them a little bit of something. You know I got to show you something, right? Um, but I wanted to um, put myself under a little bit of pressure uh, by reading an excerpt of a book I'm writing. Um, uh, I've been under this pressure for a bit, and um, uh, it's, um, it's awesome. I don't mind pressure. I was raised, not born, but raised to live, to sustain, to, to thrive under pressure. I was raised to do that. Everybody, most people are not born to do that. And some of us, including us, we were raised to thrive under pressure. And so the Lord has me under this pressure. And uh, as I succumb to it and put myself out there just a little bit and uh, um, read you just an excerpt, just a small excerpt, which forces me to, to get done that good um, and uh, uh, expose myself just a little bit. That all right? Um, yeah, and this is just an excerpt, and it's just a little bit, and then I'm going to show you something, and I'm gonna, we're going to talk just a little bit, all right? Um, the existence of evil in this world is not a secret. To name a few, there are no sanctions on the media. They're, they're saying the F word on two, TNT now. Sorry, let me read. <laughs> the powers that be are free to impose their agenda, which is specific in its onslaught on all that is Christian. The rate of crime has never been at such a high by citizens, law enforcement, and law enforcement alike. An entire generation of dreams are, were aborted before they ever got a chance to take a breath. The American vote means nothing. The traditional family has been redefined and demolished and thereby raping whole communities and making them ghettos. Nations threatening to end whole people groups. Genocide is common in some countries. Fatherhood is a joke. It's the information age and it's and still ignorance and insanity are a plague. Sports rules what was once the Lord's day. I promise y'all wouldn't talk about you toy. I promise that's never to do it. <laughs> I know you got no point. I know I got you. I know y'all gonna get you to your appointment. Just wait a minute for me, Pistol. Sorry, that's my sister had that's between us. Uh-huh. All right. But maybe that's what started it all. We started downgrading religion to something that happens on a day instead of a lifetime of personal, intentional pursuit. The results? Sin is king of this culture. Proof that this world is in desperate need of a savior. This incredibly incomplete list is the perfect evidence of why our world needs Jesus. 
but also why his death couldn't be a simple, quick, clean death. It's not, it's a lot of sin, those who lived, those who are alive, and those who will ever live. We are all damned, but the good father decided to unleash his justice, his wrath once and for all upon Jesus. I hear you helping me, Pippin. I appreciate you. His own son so that he could love us. And it is that love that we are commissioned to unleash upon this world. His love makes us dangerous. Because it threatens the kingdom of Satan who is busy erecting all on every mountain of culture. Oh, but there is a people who are rising up in unity, service, holiness, and obedience. And we are postured to rip the power of darkness down. Say amen. Huh? Let's rip them a new one. I like that. I think I'm going to change that. I love that. Rip them a new one. I love that. I'll take that. That good? Take a look at something I found uh, last night. The Lord helped me find last night. So to get right to the point today, I got a little game that I'd like for you all to play. It's called, How Many Teenagers Do You Know That Are Actively Pursuing a Life with God? For most of us, that game doesn't last very long. Like a banging on a gong, the preachers say, What's wrong with kids today? And the song goes on and on and on. But the song being sung is partly true. We're surrounded by a generation who, for the most part, would rather smoke a joint than sit in a pew. And to be honest, I'm really tired of placing all the blame on them, so I'm here to suggest that perhaps part of the problem, church, is you. Please hear me out. You see, teenagers today, and people for that matter, would rather live by their own luck because they see the religious system as just way too stuck. And if you heard me say that I read my Bible every day, you'd be like, what the fudge? Doesn't that mean you're quick to judge, never budge, and just a plain old schmuck? And if this is the perception that we're so full of pride, then perhaps it's time we took a look inside and tried to reclaim the part of Jesus that some of us have lost. The one who partied with sinners, touched the lepers, loved the children, and who paid the highest cost. Have you ever considered just how many parties Jesus went to in the Gospels? If someone wanted to throw a party today, church, I'm not sure that they would hire us. People don't want to gather around Jesus anymore. They gather around Lady Gaga and Miley Cyrus. And I'm not here to bash secular music either. I'm tired of that. And plus, I like some of those songs. I'm here to suggest, church, that we also might be in the wrong. Please hear me out. You see, it's clear In the lives of the next generation, the church rarely plays a part. And maybe that's because some of the messages in TV and film and radio are a little bit more from the heart. 
The church shouldn't be this billboard of propaganda, a list of shoulds and should nots. It should be a living, breathing art piece where people see us and they say, I want what they've got. When did the movement of Jesus lose its authenticity? and require its members to climb to some spiritual peak. Because if only the strong survive, then how come his power is perfect when we're weak? Now please hear me. I know some churches do this right. And I'm not trying to start a fight. I'm here to suggest that we might just be as blind as those to whom we're trying to give sight. We as the church need to wisen up because the next generation is rising up and they're finding their prize in the things of this world because in their eyes we haven't given them a better option. Running away from the church like a toxin because some of us are locked into a system of judgment and dismay. Hate you if you're struggling, different, or gay. Why would anyone want to stay when they're just viewed as a project on which we can project a list of rules? And the more we try and protect the children in this way, the more we reject what God is trying to project through them. And that is his project of authentic love. Please hear me out. You've made it this far. I'm not trying to be harsh, and I'm not trying to be condemning to either side. I'm suggesting that instead of forcing people onto some religious journey, let's just invite them along for the ride. Let's look to share before we look to teach, and maybe let's put a little more care into what we preach. Let us make faith in Jesus a little more attractive. And by that, I'm not talking about hip or cool. I'm talking about interactive. Because you can never underestimate the power of someone who truly cares and who dares to be the one person who will listen when no one else will. This is the kind of love that I believe Jesus was talking about. That authentic love that spurs us to a life that people can't help but be attracted to. Church, let us begin to live in that love. And let us stop blaming the younger generation for every problem in the world and instead come alongside them and invite them on an adventure that Jesus said would bring even greater things yet to come. This is authentic love. good, huh? Let the church say amen or owe me, whichever one, whichever one applies. I thought that was really dope. Um, I want to start with the end in mind. I think I can do this uh, fairly intentionally. Um, and um, um, I'm going to do what the Lord said. How about that? Uh, I want to start with the end in mind. Let's look at Philippians chapter two. I'm going to read two verses there. That with the end in mind, I think sometimes when we're um, going after something or we be we're beginning something or we're approaching or getting ready to start something, uh, you think about what's in front of you before you think about the result of what you're doing. And since we together are getting ready to go into this weekend, that's going to be a strong strong right turn you know what i'm talking about somebody lean you know what i'm talking about to the too strong right turn uh into what we are or what god has for us i think we need to think about the end keep the end in mind Ch uh, chapter two of philippians sorry ken let's go stop it start at verse 10 
Philippians 2, chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 10. I'm going to read in the, the Passion Translation. Falling in love with it. Um, I love the NASB for accuracy. I love the um, New Living Translation for relatability. Uh, to me, the message uh, is cool, but it kind of sacrifices language for sounding cool, in Tiffany's opinion. For, for, uh, but for the, the Passion Translation, it's like today's language without sacrificing so much of the the original meeting in my in my opinion that's just my opinion you can take it or leave it you know whatever tpt philippians 2 verse 10 and 11 it, it check it's and this is what it says uh, the authority of the name of jesus causes every need to bow in reverence Everything and everyone will one day submit to this name. In the heavenly realms and in the earthly realms and all of the demonic realm. And every tongue will proclaim in every language. Jesus Christ is Yahweh bringing glory and honor to God, his father. This is the result, it's supposed to be the result of our life in God. That every knee will bow and every tongue, that's how you remember it, that's the, that's the version that you remember. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. That is the result. That is what we're after. That is why we spend so much time and money in training and so much uh, uh, um, uh, repetition and making sure that personal disciplines are taken care of and that spiritual things are taken care of and that we deal with the issues of our heart because it's our responsibility to make known the name of Jesus to all who don't know yet that he that he is lord interesting i love how it says it that whether you are earth in the, in the heavens in the earth or in hell everybody everybody gonna know his name now you can know him in hell if you want to or you can or you can know him in this earth or in heaven on his side, if you want to, it's your choice. Turn to somebody, look them square in the face and say, it's your choice. If you don't understand just by the two things that I, that I gave you, both the list in, in, my, in, my, in my book, the, the things that the young man was saying, if you don't know that there is a necessity for us to be dangerous, I don't know if you got it yet. We can no longer be concentrated on ourselves. I think that's the that's the that's the um, a trick. I think of even this culture uh, today. When I say culture, I'm not talking about a particular age group. If that makes sense to you, um, I'm talking about people who are alive and making things popular right now. If that makes sense to you. In the American culture. Uh, we, they are leaning hard on the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
And that, while sounds awesome, is very selfish. It's very self-focused. It's all about me and mine. And in, a, in this culture, it's causing our lives to, or it's causing, it's causing things to go darker and darker. I said it a couple of weeks ago, when we can no longer trust the laws of the land to determine right from wrong, we are in trouble. My mom got a text message. We were in a conference Friday night, I think it was. And the way that it was worded was diabolical. Because the words like freedom were in it. Who doesn't want freedom? But when we're talking about the freedom, <laughs> have mercy. To commit murder, that's a whole nother deal, isn't it? Can't get into that as much as I'd love to. I think I'll continue to make the promise that we're going to set aside time to really think and learn about how we can get in the conversation and arm ourselves with what is needed to answer the questioners and the questions. That good? How many would be interested in something like that? If we took you know, a different day, a different time, you know what I mean? And, and got in a place and we started opening the Bible and comparing it to what is popular and figuring out what is truth and what is fact, there is a difference. Uh, anybody interested in that? We, that's what's up. Um, and I, so I, I, what, what I'd like to do is um, uh, first quarter of the year, we're going to make it happen. I just, I just put my whole, our whole staff on, in pressure. Or myself, either way. I, don't, I can live. I can do it. Right? Either way. But first quarter of this year, we're going to get into it. That cool? Because I found some things that I can teach you real easy, real quick, that are going to help you to get in the conversation. Now, why is that so important? It's because if, if, if we're just like it, uh, okay, most people get really anxious and uh, uh, scared when, they, when you, they come into a conversation, they don't know what the answer is, either biblically or not. And the strange thing is, just because you know the Bible these days don't really mean a whole lot. Because the people who we're talking to don't know that the word God starts with J. And, and if we keep talking in Christianese, they ain't going to never know. Why is that important? Because every knee needs to bow and every tongue needs to confess that Jesus is Lord and you're going to do it whether you like to or not. It's time for, to draw the line in the sand and decide which side you're going to be on. And I'm sorry, that makes you dangerous. It makes you dangerous in this culture. I almost like to think is, is, you know, if we're not getting that type of, if we're not getting that type of attention, I don't know if we're in the fight. I don't know if we're in the fight if we're not getting that type of attention. Our goal as your leaders are to get you in the fight, but not just to get you in the fight. And I'm not talking about winning by making people feel stupid. Right? We're not trying to just shut people down. We're not trying to just make them feel like I'm an idiot. Or, uh, or because the other thing is they'll walk away and feel like that's how y'all are. 
right? I think Solomon said, what good does it do to win an argument and lose a soul? Anyway, all these things are very important so that we become dangerous. A couple of things that we need to remember that it's important so that we can become dangerous. And I love this because uh, I'm talking about Paul, one of my heroes in the faith. I love him because he kind of started out probably sort of, I don't know about like me, but as much as he was in religious culture, as much as he could be, right? Commissioned to do the bidding of the Sanhedrin or the Pharisees to go and, and shut down all the Christians. And in the middle of his walk, God slapped the snot of him, literally slapped him off his horse. That's exactly what happened. Check me, Acts 9, this is what happened to him. He was on his way to do something for somebody else. And Jesus himself, I'm sorry, when Paul got slapped, Jesus was already in heaven. But he experienced Christ in a way that literally it was like, Lord, spit, spit in his hand. And the spit, I ain't going to go there. I ain't going to believe where it is. All right, it spit in it bust him square in his face, knocked him down, slapped him blind. I'm sorry, that's somebody. That, hey, your mama ever slapped you blind? Why? <laughs> Bro, I can see your mama grabbing back. She's like, pow! Right? Slapped him blind. It was such an experience for him that it completely rearranged the trajectory of his life. And now he's set him life. By the, by the end of the ninth chapter of Acts, we find out that immediately, like it didn't even take no time. When that joker three days got his sight, <laughs> he slept, the, the Lord slept beside him. He was blind for three days. I'm sorry. That's funny to me. <laughs> My God, that's a slap for real. Right, and so so three days later, he he come he, he's baptized. He understands what happened. And the Lord was trying to get his attention. Let me just stop here and say, woe be unto you if you're running from God. May He slap the side out of you, slap you blind. I had to add that S C H on there. Slap you blind, so that you can realize. The, the importance of what you were created and called to do. Because if you were alive, I don't care how you got here, might have been some strange circumstances as to how you got here. Thinking about my homeboy who was born when his mama didn't even have a womb. I'm sorry, sir, there's a call on your life. However you got here, if you are alive, then there's something specific that your life, a target your life is supposed to hit. Paul, he was getting ready, he got on it immediately, starting hitting his, so what he did is start traveling to different cities around his, around his, uh, the, where he was, wherever he was going, and everywhere he went, he was setting up people to be able to, to, to change the culture of whatever city they were in. That's what Paul did all of his life. From city to city, walking and going from sea to sea, just, just going along the way, telling people about how Jesus slapped the sight out of him. We come to Philip, uh, uh, Philippians 2, 
and he's writing a letter to the people who he left, uh, believe he's in jail. He's, he, this, this, is, this is how dangerous this joker was. He was so dangerous, they was putting him in jail because they knew that if, he, if, if it got out what he was doing, that it was going to rip things apart. It was going to rearrange everything. And now the concentration wasn't going to be on how they were doing things, but it was going to have to change to the concentration being on that Hebrew boy that got crucified. And it made him dangerous. I think it's an awesome question that you ought to ask yourself. How dangerous are you really? And maybe the solemnness of that is because we need to change the level of danger that we have in our lives. A few things that Paul was admon admonishing his followers to do, we find Philippians 2, 1 through 9. I'm going to read it real quick and give you this quick list, and we're going to be done. TPT, uh, Philippians 2, I'm going to read 1 through 9. It says, look at how much encouragement you've found in your relationship with the anointed one. You are filled to overflowing with his comforting love. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt his tender affections and mercies. I, I, I want to have a relationship with God like that. Then Paul asks a question. He, for, to me, it feels more like a command. He says, so I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, united in one love, walking with one harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with abounding joy. Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Man, unity is something we should cherish. Cherish so much that we behave differently towards each other. Verse 3, I'm continuing. Don't allow your, your self-promotion to hide in your heart, but be, like the young man said, authentic. Be in authentic humility. Put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let us let his mindset become your motivation. He's, he existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as, he, as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant and became a human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man who was obedient. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. Because of that obedience, 
God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names. Verse 10, and the authority of his name, of the name of Jesus, causes every need to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit to his name in the heavenly realm, the earthly realm, or the demons. And in every tongue, they will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Lord Yahweh, bringing, the, bringing glory and honor to God, his Father. Few things that will make us dangerous that I think we should concentrate on, think about this week as we go forward in preparing ourselves to be detoxed from the things that prevent us from being dangerous. We as leaders I have a responsibility to not just uh, bring you here and take your offering, that's important, but it's not the real reason why we're here. This is the locker room because when, we, when you walk out and go to your job and to your home today, you need to be armed with what is needed so that those who come around you understand that you name something higher than yourself. And the way they're gonna know that what thing is going to cause you to be dangerous is, number one, we need to be, go from me to we. From me, from focusing on me, to us focusing on we. Very important. There's something about being a part of something that's bigger than yourself. That, that forces you not to concentrate only on what's going on with you. What's dope about what we believe is the first thing that God does is he cleans you up, heals your heart, delivers you from the stuff that you invited into your life so that you can be a viable part of the team. Yeah, that's true. We win or lose out there based off what we do together. Here's the question. Are you a good part of the team out there? Or are you just one of them regular ones that nobody really cares that you serve Jesus Christ? How, 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 how dangerous are you when it comes to people looking at how you treat others? How you treat each other? I believe it was Matthew that talked about them knowing who he is by how we treat each other. A few ways Paul names real quickly that we can become, that we can make sure that we are focusing on one. He said, one heart, I see that as motive. Sometimes you want to be a part of a team because that team is winning. You want to be a part of that team because that win team is paid. Sometimes you want to be a part of that team for selfish reasons. Uh-huh. But God is asking us to check our motives about being a part of this team. Sometimes you don't want to be a part of this team when things don't go like the team is going. And your motives start, your motives start showing up when things start changing or going back to where they're supposed to go. And we'll leave that where it is till we get to this weekend. The Lord is dealing with our motives about being a part of this team. Where the name on the front is more important than the name on the back. Now, it's one shirt. It's just that a bunch of people are wearing the same thing. And the name on the front 
is the one that we represent. And as the back, you become a representative of what's on the front. That makes sense to you? I'm talking about our motives. What are your motives for being a believer? Sometimes I think our, our motives for being a believer, and I think there's a, a challenge, Dad. I've been thinking about this. A lot of times when we... Um, when people are one to Christ, especially when they're one out of their pain and their problems and their challenges, once they get good, they dip. Right? Be, like, because what they wanted was out of their pain, their problems, their challenges. And not to become a part of a team that was going to be responsible to help change the, the culture. Our motives the Lord wants to deal with. Number two, he wants to deal with our mind. I see that as habits. Because if I sow a habit, I can reap a, reap a character. You know the, the steps in between, right? Whatever, wherever you think, Solomon said, however you think, that is what you become, what you start doing. I'm thinking about the things that you do uh, uh, personally at home or even publicly when you're not in the presence of other believers we got to become one like like Jesus is watching at your job too Jesus is watching in your bedroom too okay Jesus is watching in your in your in your uh, refrigerator too refrigerator I'm talking about our habits the things that we are always doing Next thing to make sure that we go from me to we is our passions. I see that as the life, that, the life things, the decisions that we make. Because you do what you really want to do. You, you, you actually do what you really, really want to do. You was talking about it this morning when he said, don't tell God that you ain't got no time. It's not enough hours in the day. He was the one who designed what we do in the hours. It's uh, I'm sorry that we have 24 hours. It's our on us to design what that 24 hours looks like. I'm talking about your passions, what you're focused on, the things that you're actually spending your time and your money doing. Is it in accordance to the team whose aim is that Jesus be named Lord? I'm talking about also, he said, he said, be of one heart, one mind, one passion, and one purpose. So big question that a lot of people ask. And it's so funny, um, I think sometimes it's cool to discover it. It's another thing to be told. I was talking to a homeboy of mine this week, and it's something that we've uh, actually learned a few months ago. Dad said it, the most, two most important days of your life. It's the moment you were born and the moment you figure out why. If you think <clears throat> that naming, that making money is the only thing that your life was meant to do, just check the streets of heaven. They're paved with gold. Somebody said, Something about, oh, I don't want to go there. You ain't going to be able to take the money you make. When you go to the grave, when you get up down, lay, down, lay you down in there, you ain't going to be able to take no money. You ain't going to be able to take one cent with you. Okay, maybe you think that, that, that your purpose is to, 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 to worship God. I bet you, I 
Bet you I know somebody who can sing better than you. Dance better than you. Play better than you. More importantly, Jesus got all the worship he needs from his angels. Just trying to help us see our purpose in a different way. I, I've been thinking, of, thinking about a couple of things, but three things that I want you to focus on with regard to your, of, of your purpose. I think I want to think three things. Number one, becoming like Christ. Because when you become like Christ, you destroy the works of the devil. You bring light to wherever there's dark. And that is not just for a room. That is for people. That our lives are meant to spread the space, the expanse, the, the, the knowledge of the kingdom of God in this culture. And it's not, that doesn't happen because you spend money a particular way or we sit in this room and worship God. It happens when your life becomes dangerous out there because somebody else that believes something other other than what they, other than Jesus is Lord, starts looking at you and says, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be something else. It's true, when you walk in the room, the whole room ought to change. <clears throat> How dangerous really are you? I mean to put that pressure on all of us, that, that, that it's not just about making sure we get to heaven. That's icing on the cake, man. That's, that's, that's the cherry on top. That ain't the actual cake, that good? Another thing we can do that Paul says we can do to make sure that we, that we are dangerous is that we are holy. Turn to somebody look square in the face, say holy. You know, we like to, we, uh, we like to ascribe that to God. <laughs> Oh, God is holy. He's the one who, who is the only one that should get that attribute. But Peter told us, he said, be holy as God is holy. And he didn't, he didn't say, he didn't ask a question. But it was our responsibility to deal with the things that keep us from being holy. Holy, holiness is a state of being. It's a habit that you have to develop. It's a discipline that you, got, that you have to, 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 to develop. It's, it's something that happens as a result of the consistent decisions that you make. Holiness is not the absence of sin. Did you hear me? Because I'm, I, I, look, listen, you smell something and you can think of something in your brain and, and make you go back to be thinking of other things, right? You can see something. Um, how many of you um, have noticed that if you go shopping in a particular place or if you're talking or having a conversation, as soon as you get online, right, and, uh, and you're looking up something like shoes, right, on the side, uh, there, on that little column right there, is the very thing that you've been talking about or that's been in your mind. I'm sorry, algorithms are from the devil. They have figured out a way to tap into your brain and, and put temptation before you 
in, in a way that can then take your complete attention. Now, I want you to hear me very clearly. I don't think technology is evil. But the way people use it is diabolical. And if there is the Satan hat, I'm telling you, Satan has an agenda to keep you safe within these four walls. He has an agenda to keep you ineffective. To come in here and make you feel real good. Make you cry. He don't mind you feeling the presence of God. But as soon as you walk out there and open a device, he wants to erase, make you forget, to get you to go down a rabbit hole. It draws you away from everything you really supposed to be focused on. And he is after your attention. If you don't think that's dangerous, I don't know if you're in the game. God wants us to be holy, not just good. Good is the enemy of great. Average is the enemy of best. Because it's just doing just enough. Gonna get to heaven smelling like smoke. Had to think about it. <laughs> we are held to a higher standard. And, and it's I want, I, something that uh, my boy said yesterday. I think sometimes church and the way we do things sometimes causes us to interpret it like the standard of those who stand with the microphone is different than the ones who sitting in the seats. Oh no. I need to expose the interpretations of your ignorance. The stupidity that God that the enemy is trying to sow into your life. We have the same standard and it is Christ likeness. It is holiness. Holiness in your thoughts. Yes. Holiness in your emotions. Yes. Holiness in your home. Yes. Holiness in your marriage. Yes. Holiness in your drawers. Hey. Hey. Holiness in your pocketbook, in your finances. Holiness is the standard and if that don't bring you to a place where you be like oh sugar honey iced tea and i don't know if we in the game holiness is our standard man that means we got to get some stuff straight you know we don't talk about daily devotions we don't wake up every day Every morning, this tireless team for almost a year has gotten up to make sure you have what you need to be inspired by what God wants you to have to do. I'm sorry, it, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to be responsible every week. You can clap your hands if it's blessed your life. And some of y'all need to help.
time for us to share the load, dadgummit. My mama taught me that one. We got to share the load with somebody who's taking the responsibility to jump the same standard. It's, t- it's, qu- it's time for us to quit holding people in other spaces. You know what I mean? It's, cu- it's time for us to, be, to, to, to take the responsibility to do what, what Peter said, and that's be holy because God is holy. I am of the firm conviction, and this is a theory. This is my theory. Pops, you can check me if I'm, if I'm, if I'm wrong. Remember the scripture that uh, Paul, when Peter walked the, the people, his shadow healed people. My God. I'm of the firm conviction that if we are spirit, if we are spirit, we are soul, and we are body, that Peter was so close to Jesus. He was so full of Jesus in his spirit, the spirit of God inside of him, bubbled up inside of him in a way that his mind, his will, and his emotions bowed down to the lordship of Jesus. And as his soul, that part of his soul began to build, it affected the way that he walked through a crowd. And because he was so full of Jesus, the holiness that was in his spirit overpowered his soul. And now his very, when the sun cast a shadow on his body that had been, that had been holified, nobody was the same when he walked down the aisle. I'm sorry, you guys are used to Lady Carolyn getting up here and making you feel uncomfortable and walking down the aisle and dealing with it, but the issue is you're supposed to do that. It ought to be something that happens because of the holiness that is inside of you. This weekend, we're going to clean out the gunk in our spirits and our souls and even in our bodies so that we can hit the target for which we were created. I promise you, I'm almost done. The way that Jesus did it, Paul is inspiring us by Jesus' life. When he marveled at how the king of all kings, my God, whose thoughts became words that created this earth, That in this moment, my, my words fail to be able to express his glory, his power. The existence of God. And he, Jesus stuffed all of that majesty and power into a human being. I don't think we think of it that way, you know. When you watch the shack this week, you'll be reminded that Jesus is a human. Figure that out in a second. When he did that, you know, he, Christianity is the only religion. It is the only religion where the God that is served does not stay where he is. But he comes down where we are 
to experience the human condition. I don't know what was going through Jesus' mind when that woman started wiping his feet with her hair and her tears while he was laying down. That's just my sanctified imagination. I like to go to the, to the movies when I read the Bible. You understand what I'm saying? I don't know what Jesus was thinking about when his homeboy said something opposite of him. Actually, we do know him. I, I think Jesus might have almost said a cuss word. He said, uh, uh, Satan, get behind me, right? We don't know what kind of thing was going on in Jesus' mind when he actually had the human condition. I think about the moment when he was uh, walking up to the well and, the, and, and, and John says that he was hungry and he was tired. I'm sorry, that had to be frustrating. To be God, to create air, to create people, to create his own stomach and have to deal with the hunger of it. And he stuffed that into humanity. He stuffed the power into humanity. Came down to die in our stead. To be tortured and murdered. I'm sorry, that's service like no other. That's humility like no other. That is really the ability to be humble. He became a servant. You want to be great? You want to be blessed? These are important things. You want to have increase? You want to multiply? You want more? You want to be trusted with your dreams? You want to be married? I'm telling you one thing that'll put you up, put you in the eye line of Jesus, and that's become a servant. It's important that the world sees that what we receive and what we're do absolutely what we're capable of. We're supposed to go for those promotions. We're supposed to be that one. That one that everybody be like, how you do that? We're supposed to be the ones with the fat pockets. I appreciate you, uh, Derek and Regina. Your testimony is dope for a whole lot of reasons. Can't really go into it, but that financial thing is real serious. I'm sorry. Shit, they ain't got no mortgage. They ain't got no car payment. I'm sorry, that's, that's pretty funky. That's the way we're supposed to be. But why are we supposed to be that way? Why are we supposed to be that way? So that we are financially free to serve the kingdom of God in a way that everybody, everybody understands who is king of kings and who is lord of lords. That's why you're supposed to be rich. Not just so you can have that car, that house, that, that financial freedom that you want. Not just so you can travel and do what you want. You know what I'm talking about? I promise you, if you become a servant, I promise you, if you start serving, a few people, a few lists of people right before I end, a few people that you can make sure you serve. Number one, most important, <laughs> is you need to serve the Lord. I want to keep it simple, simple, uncle. uncle. It's, it's, you need to serve the Lord. I promise you, serving the Lord will make you dangerous. You need to serve your family. If you come up in here, it's easy for you to pick up a bottle of water, serve somebody a towel, move a chair and a table, but your family thinks you one of them uppity Christians, you doing it all wrong, homie. I got the opportunity 
to hang out with my in-laws yesterday. We left the ball game, went and sat a room, in a room with my grandma, with my auntie, and my sister. And we had a good conversation. It was an opportunity for me to, for us to shine. For us to get a, be a part of the plan to make sure that the last, the rest of grandma's days are days of joy. Before we left, that wonderful man of mine, before we live, it's, it's, it's happened the last, probably last couple of months, every time we go, he won't leave that building without putting his hand on my grandma, praying for her. When that joker got done praying, I promise you, he played like Jesus real quick, sometimes. <laughs> Don't take all day. Grandma say, woo, I felt that. It's the perfect opportunity we, could, we get to see, we get to serve them in a way that they're supposed to see believers having done it. It was the best part of my day yesterday, been longing to, it's, it's one of our prayers. We will see the Browns, the Hodges, the Stowbridge, they're going to sit next to us worshiping God. I promise you they're going to do it. It's going to happen. Do that patty cake clap if you want to because we have joined together. We said we're going to serve them like, like, like it is our responsibility to let them see who Christ really is. You need to serve the Lord. You need to serve your family. You need to serve your boss. You need to make your boss look good. Make your boss look so good when your boss, it's time for your boss to be uh, 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 promoted. And they have the greatest place of, um, um, uh, 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 of influence when it comes to who's replacing them. Your service will get you an audience. You need to serve your pastors. Serve your leaders. Not to be seen. I promise you, if you keep doing that, you're gonna be they're gonna tell you they're gonna find somewhere else for you to serve. I'm just giving you a look. A look. <laughs> I don't expose the secret. <laughs> oh Jesus. Most importantly, you need to find somebody who doesn't know Christ to serve. One of the greatest ways you can change somebody's opinion about the name of Jesus is that you find a place somewhere, somehow, to serve them. And that's what Jesus did. This is what we're doing, ladies and gentlemen. This is how we are moving in 22. If he's going to give us double for our trouble. Thank you, Jesus. That we, we ought to start acting like it before it ever happens. Ain't nothing like pleasing God by like behaving like he's going to do what he said he's going to do. In fact, if you don't do that, it's difficult to please him. That, I mean, whoever wrote Hebrews said, it's, you can't, 
please him without faith. But our faith is walked out. Just said it. In us, in us considering each other and, and not being me focused, but being we focused. And concentrating every day on your holiness. And becoming a servant to those we love and those who we're getting to know. I promise you, if you do that, you're going to be dangerous to the kingdom of Satan. And darkness will lose its power, one person, one soul at a time. Father, let the conviction of God, let the conviction of the Holy Spirit come upon us as we make the decision to follow you. Lord, it is not easy to live this way. Oh, but it's real simple. Father, as we push away the plate this week, we acknowledge that we need food and we like food. If we don't have food, we will die. But it pales in comparison to the need for you, the need for you to infiltrate our lives, expose our weaknesses. Lord, that we may receive you inside of us you may move inside of our character in such a way that when we walk out into the lives that you have given us everybody knows that something is different something is new I thank you Lord for, for changing us from glory to glory for pointing us toward the trajectory of the reason you created, you created us so that we hit the target for which we were born. Confirm for us the road we should travel. Help us be real clear about the issues that we need to attack that keep us from being completely holy. In your presence, God, where there is no condemnation. And then, Father, show us where we can serve one another. And we can serve those who need to know that your name is Jesus. Make us effective. Give us the ability to impact the culture. Let the dash on our epitaph exclamate the glory and the majesty the power of Jesus Christ Lord it is a privilege and an honor to represent you make us better at it Lord for our culture is in desperate need of you in Jesus name Amen